Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, and welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. This is Cassandra. I'm here with one of our co-founders. How's it going? It is going great. I am so excited for our conversation today. I know. So today's topic is physical intimacy and sex in marriage. And we were just talking about how this is such an important topic, especially on the path of infertility, especially on the path of pregnancy loss, but one that needs to be handled uh, with the proper delicacy, right? And the reverence. And so we just want to talk about that today with a dear friend of ours, Claire. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited to delve into our topic today. I know. So we just wanted to bring you in so that we can treat this topic with the delicacy and the reverence necessary to really speak to the people in this community about what is a wound. And it's just a difficult area sometimes, right? So we just wanted to open it up in a way that is going to be helpful and healing, we hope, and is not going to be something that is going to lead to unnecessary comparisons because we know that every couple is different and our marital lives are something that's specific to to each one of us as husband and wives. So since this is such a difficult, intimidating topic, Claire, we just wanted to open it up to you as a therapist who works with couples struggling with infertility and trauma. What are some of the things that you are seeing in these couples? What are these couples going through and feeling? And what is the quote unquote normal, not in terms of, of the marital act itself, but these things that you're seeing come up for these couples? That's a really great question. So in general, just broad swath here, couples who are suffering from infertility tend to have any sort of act of marital intimacy, right, is fraught. It's very emotion laden. Now that's true for anyone, any married couple, whether they struggle for infertility or not, people are bringing their past with them to these encounters, whether you've been married for 10 years or not. But for people struggling with infertility, the act of marital intimacy is the ground of the wound of infertility, right? That's the space where this wound emerges for couples. And that can make it enormously emotionally laden. People can feel guilt. They can feel shame. They can feel disconnected, right? Just literally disembodied. In the most embodied act of your life, people, both men and women, can feel entirely disembodied. They can feel like they've been reduced to some sort of procreative thing which is so strange. We think about reductiveness often in terms of like people are being reduced to a sexual object. Yeah, that can also happen in good Catholic marriages, right? Where people become reduced to their procreative aspect, not their capacity for unity and procreation. So it's really, I think, crucial. I'm so glad we're having this conversation that we talk about this with tenderness. And I loved how you talk about delicacy and reverence because this is a wound. For couples struggling with infertility, this is the space of the wound. And so we got to be really, without being abstract, right? We have to be really gentle in how mm-hmm. we talk about it. So glad we have two JP2 grads on the <laughs> line today to have this conversation too, because that this whole conversation, I'm putting it into his intercession right now. Yeah. And do you have anything you'd like to add as we get this going? Yeah, I I just want to echo the fact that I think this is a really important conversation. Our theme for this month in the ministry is keeping the spark alive. And that's not in the sense of like satin sheets and scented candles and that kind of thing. But we really do want to approach it, this marital intimacy with that reverence and the tenderness that you mentioned, Claire, that I think is so important. And that these discussions are important 
but that they should be done in kind of a chaste way, meaning that we remember that we're made in God's image and likeness, that we're respecting the beauty and the reality of our sexual difference as men and women and the complementarity and all that comes with that. And that we're always just striving to see each other within our marriage as a good. And we'll get into this more, I'm sure, but when you are dealing, especially with infertility or loss, it can be so easy to slide into seeing our spouse as not so much a good, but an obstacle or a means. And so it is really important, I think, for us to talk about this intimate aspect of our lives, but not only because it can be fraught with all these dangers, because it's so beautiful and good. And in our marriages, it's what binds us together spiritually, physically, emotionally. And so the this is a good thing. There, there are difficulties and obstacles, but there's also just so much beauty and so much capacity for us to express our deep love and gift of self. And it's just, yeah, so important to acknowledge that infertility and loss can be, infertility is just one of those things that can really grind down on a couple emotionally yes. and when we're struggling in marriage, this your intimate life is just one of the areas that that we can be experiencing tension and difficulties in. So Claire, what do you think, obviously the difficulties that we can experience in our marital life can be both physical and emotional. The difficulties we can experience in our intimate life with our spouse can be both physical and emotional. So Assuming that most of the couples, and we always encourage couples to seek out therapy and counseling if if you need it, but if maybe you're not there yet, and we're going to talk about that a little later. Claire, what are some of these difficulties that couples may be facing that you're seeing coming up in counseling? And what are some conversation starters for couples to just talk to each other about at home? I think that's a great question because I think sometimes the communication when you're suffering with infertility or pregnancy loss and you're desiring to conceive, it can become quite mechanistic. The communication about intimacy becomes, we, we have to do this now. We have to do this then. Very mechanistic, very rigidly scheduled, which is the antithesis in some ways of the kind of spontaneity, joy, and to be frank, funniness that's part of a healthy, married, intimate life, right? So I think that's a good place to start is outside the bedroom, right? Hey, on a date night, having coffee, like, how are you feeling about how we interact in the bedroom? How are you feeling about what are your thoughts and about how pleasurable our life, our, our intimate life is right now? How we're connecting outside the sphere of the bedroom? Do you feel like that's impacting how we're connecting in when we are together intimately? Just those conversations outside that space, because here's the other thing too, is for there's a lot of, I think, new focus from a therapeutic standpoint on the fact that infertility is and pregnancy loss are both traumas, right? So for some people, that space of the bed becomes almost like a trauma trigger. And so sometimes removing these conversations where some of these emotions have space to come out from that the space of intimacy can actually be enormously fruitful right? Let's do this on neutral ground where you know that there's no intent. It's not, oh, we got to go make love right now. 
because I'm fertile. This is the window. We got a must, right? No, remove those, take some time to remove it and have these conversations separately. And often that can be enormously fruitful. Just inquiring, like, how are you feeling about this? Is there something that you feel would be helpful, right? In terms of us just being a bit more spontaneous. Do we need to take a month off from this the grind of trying to conceive. Do we need to, do we need a breather? Right? Just those questions can remove the intensity of the emotions, the fraughtness of the emotions associated with the mar- with marital intimacy in this context, right? When you're suffering from infertility or pregnancy loss. So good. Yeah. Anne, what do you think? I love that that you brought in the idea of the conversation starting outside the bedroom, which also will just help to strengthen the bond apart from apart from our sexual union it'll just help to encourage better communication generally and just strengthen our bond so yeah i think that's a great place to start yeah and just to remember too that the marital act serves the marriage its intention is to bond the couple and it can also lead to new life as we know, but its sole purpose is not conceiving that it always has to be in the this greater context of love and, and self-gift that is free. It's not controlled by the calendar. And then we talk about total faithful and fruitful and should be given with joy. And that's not it's that's an ideal right our lives aren't perfect but what do you think are some ways that couples can go about rediscovering some of this joy you touched on this a little bit and just reconnecting even outside of the marital act incorporating more emotional and spiritual intimacy physical touch in other areas of life and just ways mm-hmm. to yes to recover and rediscover intimacy in marriage? Oh, I love that. That's an awesome question, Cassandra, because, and just to touch on and continue what you were talking about, Anne, yeah, the making love with your spouse is designed to be like our anthropology, like the way we're made. That is designed to be the cementing and the culmination of the bond that's created the rest of the day, right? Like, I think sometimes couples often come when they're not just couples who are struggling with infertility or loss, but I do other couples counseling and inevitably intimacy comes up, right? It's one of the sort of hot button topics. And often it's this sort of sense that what's meant to be this culmination all the other hours of the day, there has been no unity. People, they've been ships passing in the night, whether that's in terms of just busy logistic work lives, whether they have a family or not, other commitments, but there has been some, there's some miscommunication. There's some like loss of unity outside the bedroom. And it absolutely a hundred percent without fail will translate inside the bedroom, like absolutely without fail. That is just the way we're made. And so I think that rediscovering joy means rediscovering the fact that we're meant for unity and that unity has to manifest in other areas. So whether that's like more date nights, whether that's let's go see a play, let's go play, let's go throw a frisbee around. I know it sounds mundane and oh, Claire, this is these are pat answers. In some ways they are, in other ways they aren't because each couple is unique. The, their sense of play, their sense of enjoyment of each other, rediscovering how to enjoy each other what are your interests? What are my interests? How can we make those grow? How can I help you? Like the podcast, I think that aired recently about the five love languages. 
I would encourage listeners to this podcast to listen to that one because learning your spouse's love language is that if that's not a framework you've encountered before, I highly recommend a read of Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages. Fantastic. You can go onto his website. He has an excellent online quiz, like actually well-researched, very easy to do, super fun, like really fun to figure out what your love language is and your spouse's. Those kind of building of the bond outside the bedroom is going to enhance your rediscovery and enjoyment of each other in the bedroom. Absolutely, 100%. I love all of that, Claire. And that's so encouraging. I'm imagining, though, that there are probably maybe many of our listeners, maybe some of us here on this episode thinking about our own experiences as well, who hear that, and it sounds so great, but they might still be thinking, ah, but I don't think we're living up to that, or that kind of sounds like Mm -hmm. an ideal, or maybe they have some other kind of obstacles or challenges. Maybe there's physical pain involved when they're engaging in the marital act, or maybe they have some other emotional or even spiritual obstacles that are getting in the way of that spontaneity and that enjoyment and everything that you've been talking about. So I wonder if you can maybe pinpoint a couple of those areas that perhaps some of our listeners might be thinking, oh yeah, because we said that this is really delicate and we've got to approach it with tenderness. And that's so true. But with even when we're thinking about it within our own context of our own marriages, sometimes like we're too shy to even get in touch with our own feelings that there might be a challenge or an obstacle because we think, oh, there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with our marriage. So I wonder if you could touch on a couple of those things and maybe even kind of reassure our listeners about how normal a lot of this is and some thoughts about some steps that they can take to to move in a positive direction. That's a, yes, absolutely. And I do really want to normalize this. I don't know a single couple, whether they struggle with these specific issues, because I think sometimes that people who struggle with infertility and pregnancy loss feel in some ways that like, that this is their difficulty. Nobody else experiences this kind of problems in their intimacy. I am here to tell you, every single couple I have counseled, there have been a lot and they've come in for all different kinds of reasons. We always talk about intimacy because there's always issues there. And that is very time dependent, time dependent, different seasons of life. You're going to have different struggles in your marriage. Absolutely. And for people with who are suffering with infertility and pregnancy loss, physical issues are big. For some people, there is little physical pain in the marital act. Okay. If that's an issue, that needs to be addressed by a professional medical person. That is in a sense, not normal in the sense that's not how it was intended to be. And addressing that problem with a trusted medical professional is important. It's also important to communicate with your spouse about that because here's the thing. Sometimes someone who is in pain but loves their spouse will be like, yeah, I guess we have to do this because my job is to be fruitful. For this to be a good and holy marriage, it has to be fruitful. Here's the thing. If it's a good and holy marriage, it's going to be fruitful. You have zero control over how that fruitfulness unfolds. And that's part of the pain of this particular kind of suffering, right? You're doing the work already, right? You're fruitful. (laughs) You're fruitful already. And we can, I'm sure, I know many podcasts have addressed this issue of how the shapes that fruitfulness can take. But I also think that communication in the bedroom about what's comfortable and not, whether that's on a physical level or an emotional level, is really important. I also think it's important 
we talked about bringing these conversations outside of the bedroom to make, in a sense, an intentional pun, a debriefing after, whether that's pillow talk, truly, okay? I know, I, Cassandra was like, please don't make jokes. I'm like, I think this is an actually important one to make, right? Literally. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> a debriefing after. How was that for you? Did you enjoy that? Did you not? Was there something that made you uncomfortable that you didn't feel like you could talk about in the moment? Now, these are tender conversations, but these are the conversations that build healthy and strong marriages. Caring enough to ask, caring enough with, is there a different position that you, literally, is there a different position you feel would be better, right? Talking about these things for you, better for you, not right, right? Not uh, oh, this is going to make it easier for us to conceive. That's not, <laughs> that's outside this conversation. And is, I think it really should be. That's a separate conversation for this couple, this, this hypothetical couple. But taking those conversations outside the bedroom and doing this sort of canvassing of how are you feeling in the moment now that we're beyond the moment? Okay, how is that going to set us up for next time? And we don't have to plan next time. We don't have to plan it. And I think almost like giving people permission not to demand fruitfulness of themselves in, in, in this shape. Because I think somehow, like when you are living this pain of infertility and pregnancy loss, you can forget that when they talk about it's unitive and procreative, right? You forget that these are dual things and that you're built for unity. The shape that, how that unity diffuses itself, you get to receive it, but you don't get to make it. I love that. That's so great. And just this acknowledgement too that... We have people and couples in our community from every stage of the journey, people yeah. who are just figuring out that they might be struggling with infertility, people who have gone through miscarriages, people who are in the thick of treatment and surgeries, which have serious physical ramifications, people who are post-hysterectomy like myself, people in menopause who are still trying to address this grief. And this wound, as you were saying, just can be expressed throughout all of those stages. And so it's necessary to first recognize that perhaps a wound is there and discern how it's expressing itself in our marriages and in our individual marriages and what we can do about it. And for some of us, therapy is going to be a piece of that. So Claire, as we wind down this conversation, what are some signs do you think that couples should really take the next step and really seek out a professional counselor? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. Because often it's hard to tell, right? I think that litmus test of, do I need help? Mm -hmm. one, of, one of the sort of best indicators that it's time to seek out professional help, not because it, you failed in some way. Okay. I really want to put that out there. Seeking out professional mental health counseling for this or any issue is not about a failure of personal holiness. It's not about a failure of personal cognitive ability or relational ability or any of those things. It's about a need for help in a given instance. <laughs> That's it. Professional help in a given instance. And I'm not just saying that because this is my job. I'm saying this because I continue to go to counseling myself. And often infertility issues come up in my counseling sessions with my wonderful counselor. So it's really important to seek help when you need it. Best litmus test, is it impairing function? Is it impairing function? Is it impairing your ability to fully consistently regulate your emotions? Are you finding yourself feeling super sad and super anxious and or super anxious consistently? Is it impairing your willingness to be intimate with your spouse for some reason? That's a big one. Are you finding reasons not to? Are you finding that your spouse is 
finding reasons not to for some reason, like depending on who, and that can be both men and women. Absolutely. I think there's this sort of cliche that men always want to make love with their wives all the time. Absolutely. That's not always the case. And if there's like a growing reluctance, I think that's the time, first of all, to have conversations with yourself, doing a little journaling. How did I feel during that? What am I noticing about my willingness, unwillingness, comfort level with this, with marital intimacy? And then is it impairing my ability to interact with my spouse? Because if it's impairing your willingness to make love in ways that previously felt comfortable to you or with a frequency that felt comfortable for you, then all of a sudden this is, I don't want to do this. Because I, I have a lot of clients who come in all of a sudden, it's like they've just closed off in some ways from their spouse. That That's a, that's a sign yeah, to seek out some help. And do you want to add something? Yeah, I was just going to say that I really love, Claire, how you've been framing this conversation all the way through. And the two things that I'm taking away are the importance of a sort of introspection mm-hmm. on the part of each of us. And within the marriage, I need to look inside myself and maybe look at some feelings that that might be hard for me to confront. The same thing with my husband. He should be looking inside of himself and just contemplating the marriage and our own personal feelings. And then that emphasis on communication with each other. And I loved how you talked about the pillow talk and just the beautiful, again, that word tender, tender way that you talked about it. And it strikes me that oftentimes for women, we'll go and talk to our girlfriends if they're if we're having any kind of problem, no matter what it is. It's it seems like we can so easily go talk to our girlfriends. The men, I don't know what they do. I don't know what they talk about, whatever. But we're <laughs> like, we're really quick to be able to each go to our corners and talk. But gosh, how transformative might it be in our marriages if we're not used to doing this, but if we would come out of our corners and just come toward each other and share, we should be able to share these most intimate and personal feelings that we have with each other, because this is the person that God brought to us. This one at last, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, right? And so, yeah, I just love that. And I think that's such an encouraging message, especially for our listeners, as Cassandra said, wherever they are on this path, having all kinds of feelings and difficulties and worries, what an encouraging message to leave for everyone. Thanks so much, Claire, for coming on the podcast today. Where can our listeners find you? So I am part of a wonderful practice called Harbor Light Counseling in Stanford, Connecticut. I see clients via telehealth for individual therapy, couples therapy, and for infertility counseling. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And make sure listeners to go back and listen to the other podcasts we did with Claire, and we're planning more for the future. So just know that we know how hard a marriage is. And this is just one of those aspects of marriage where we can be wounded and have difficulties. And it's really sensitive. It's really sensitive to talk about. So we really hope that this was helpful for you. And just know that you're not alone in this. We are here with you. And God bless you. And we'll see you next time on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. We would be so grateful if you took a minute to rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Don't forget to check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and community prayer list, read our blog, and register for virtual and in-person events. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.